It is with a heavy heart that I announce the Boston Bruins are officially on a losing streak. My name is Ian McLaren, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. And yes, the Bruins lost in regulation last night to the Ottawa Senators in Ottawa, the Canadian Tire Center, falling uh, 5-2. to two. It's their second regulation loss in a row, third loss overall, dating back to an overtime uh, loss to the Chicago Blackhawks last week. Uh, we'll get into that, as well as update the Atlantic Division Power Rankings and some news and notes from Bruins land and around the NHL. Uh, first, I'd like to remind you that you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at ENC McLaren. Uh, please download, uh, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. And also please subscribe while you're there. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated if you could also pass the word along to uh, one of your Bruins-loving friends or family members. Now, to be fair, the Bruins probably deserved a better fate against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, they outplayed Ottawa for uh, a good portion of the game. Uh, but unfortunately, the Bruins fell into the bad habit of giving up the first two goals, uh, finding themselves in an early hole that they ultimately cannot dig themselves out of. Um Head coach Bruce Cassidy after the game said we're going through a tough stretch in terms of getting our energy level where it needs to be, having no passengers. If you're not competing hard on the puck, around the puck, you're not going to beat anybody. Ottawa was just better than us. They won more races. They were more competitive early on. We eventually got our game, but again, it's too late. We knew this would catch up to us. So another learning experience for us, for us in that regard. Keep plugging away at it. Uh, Indeed, uh, the Bruins, they gave up the first two goals, the first to uh, Artem Anisimov at just the 135 mark of the first period. Anthony Duclair scored his 14th of the season uh, at the 1544 mark. Up until that point, shot attempts were pretty even, even until the uh, midway through the second period. The Bruins started to take off from there and uh, did get... Uh, a goal from Therese Bergeron in his return to the lineup uh, near the end of the first period. Uh, unfortunately, it was um, the Bruins who gave up the next two goals, and uh, that was that was pretty much it uh, for the Senators. They were able to get the job done. The Bruins did have a 81 to 47 shot attempt advantage in all situations. Uh, so that's a 63% to 37%, uh, which you'd expect a team to win a game like that. Um, the Senators did kind of uh, sit back and, and defend the lead, allowing the Bruins to really uh, get a lot of attempts uh, through the final 35 minutes or so. Uh, Anders Nielsen uh, was really uh, playing strong in the Ottawa net, and he would go on to stop uh, 38 of Boston's 40 total shots on goal in the night. Uh, Ottawa only had 28 shots, and Tuka Rask ended the night with 23 saves on 26 shots with two goals for the Senators 
coming as um, empty netters. Dugaras kind of uh, took some of the blame for the team getting down early on. He said it's been happening for a while that we've been falling behind in games. We want to correct that, obviously. A lot of it is on me, he said. When I play, I want to give us a chance to get the lead and not fall behind one or two goals in the first period, especially. That never helps. But then again, we battled back, and we kind of found our game later in the game. But sometimes you play with fire there, or you fall behind a few goals and try to catch up. That certainly was the case for the Bruins last night. Fell behind early, came on later in the game, uh, but ultimately were not able to pull off the comeback. And as we've been saying on the podcast, lately this is no way to... um, to win in today's NHL. You can't consistently fall behind and then expect to come back, even though the Bruins have the ability to do so. Uh, They have the talent and the skill to seemingly score at will early on in the season, not so much anymore as shooting percentages begin to fall back to normal. Um, You know, Patrice Bergeron, he scored the the goal, the first goal for the Bruins, his ninth of the season. Um, he was able to observe the Bruins over the last several games, come back, and his observation was it's just one of those things where a season is filled with ups and downs. We're facing every challenge, good or bad, as a team. That's where we are as a team. That's what we're going to do. Just another challenge and bump on the road, and I think it's good for our team. I don't disagree that it's good for the Bruins to face some adversity. Um, you saw the Tampa Bay Lightning kind of coast through the regular season last year, and then we all know what happened to them in the playoffs. The Bruins were bound to lose some games at some point. You don't really want to see them lose to a team like the Senators. The Bruins have lost five games in regulation this season, one of them against the Senators and the other against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Both teams are in the basement of the Atlantic Division. Um, So it's a bit concerning that those games are the ones that they've dropped. But, um, you know, the Bruins played late into last season, obviously. Um, They knew there would be difficult stretches throughout the regular season. There always is. Uh, They went through an 0-2-2 rut early last month in November, and they're battling through this dip now um, with a few tough games on tap, actually. They'll next play uh, in Washington, on Wednesday, then head to Tampa Bay to play the Lightning on Thursday, and the Florida Panthers uh, in Florida on Saturday. Um, a part of it is a case of teams getting up against the Bruins. Uh, Chara, after the game, he said teams are obviously playing really well against us. Ottawa's a great example. They play very tight hockey, very stingy hockey. I think we have to realize that we've got to get into those areas that are kind of not always pretty, and grind it out, work hard, win battles and races. Sometimes it's better to simplify the game than try something that's not working today that was working before. That's a really good point. Maybe the Bruins uh, kind of, I don't know if they took the Senators for granted per se, but they certainly didn't work as hard as Ottawa last night, and the Senators were rewarded with the with the regulation win and it's something the Bruins can't just coast through the regular season they have the talent to certainly win on any given night 
but uh, in order to succeed, they're going to have to put a bit more, uh, what, what would we say, elbow grease into their game. Um, the power play really carried the team early on in the year, as we discussed yesterday. Uh, they finished one for five last night. Uh, still remain third in the NHL with a 28% success rate, but um, not as effective as it was early on in the season. So they really have to do that hard work again, five on five, uh, get that even strength scoring up. As I mentioned yesterday, they're not uh, really outplaying teams at five on five with a pretty level uh, possession rate of just slightly over 50% in Corsi. Uh, so they can't just dine out on the power play. They have to put the work in five on five and, um, yeah, cycle the puck, get some good zone time and, um, just try to get out of this rut. Um, but Bergeron, I mentioned coming back after an extended period of time off, he said it felt good. was trying to keep things simple. Once I got going, I felt better, got the legs underneath me and felt pretty good. Hopefully he can remain. Uh, healthy, remain in the lineup. Uh, he's been in and out this season, but um, and there are questions about his long-term health with this lower body injury. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out of the lineup again at some point this season, uh, but uh, hopefully it's not something that lingers or um, keeps him out of the lineup when they'll need him the most uh, down the stretch. So that was kind of the story from Ottawa. On Monday night, again, next up is the Washington Capitals and then two games against tough Atlantic Division opponents. Um, and with that said, let's take a look now at this week's edition of the Atlantic Division Power Rankings. Now, when we look at the Atlantic Division, thankfully, uh, there is no team below the Bruins that's really making a serious charge right now. Uh, if we look at the bottom of the division, obviously Detroit is the eighth ranked team. They've played 31 games, record of 7, 21, and 3. Uh, they only have 17 points, point percentage of 274. Uh, the, by far the worst team in the NHL at the moment. And they have a goal differential of minus 58. So uh, very... Tough times for the Detroit Red Wings and the obvious choice for um, eighth place in the division. Next, uh, I'll put the Ottawa Senators. Uh, they're 13, 7, and 1, 27 points, a 435 uh, point percentage, goal differential of minus 13, which is second uh, to last in the Atlantic Division. They are 4 and 6 in their last. Uh, 10 and they did beat Boston on Monday as we've been talking about uh, but still overall I'll put them in uh, seventh the sixth place team I'm going to put the Montreal Canadiens this week uh, they're 13 11 and 6 through 30 games uh, they are 2 6 and 2 in their last 10 really struggling as of late although they did win uh, their last game uh, they have a minus five goal differential in terms of point percentage, they are fifth, uh, but due to the um, recent struggles they've been having, I'm bumping them down uh, to sixth place uh, this week. In fifth, I'll put the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're 
14, 13, and 4. They have 32 points, which is tied with the Canadians, although they have uh, one more game played, therefore a uh, slightly lower point percentage. Uh, They are at minus 3 in terms of goal differential, which is very troubling for a team um, like them that has certainly as much firepower as any other team in the NHL, but they are... Uh, they have allowed 103 goals through 31 games, uh, which is extremely troubling. Um, they kind of uh, came right out of the gates with some success under new head coach Sheldon Keefe. They are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Uh, they're currently on a Western Canadian road trip, so we'll see how they stack up against uh, Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton this week. Uh, could be a really... Uh, telling road trip for the Toronto Maple Leafs. In the fourth spot this week, I'm going to put the Buffalo Sabres. They're 14-11-6 through 31 games. They have a plus one goal differential. Uh, in terms of point percentage, they're fourth in the Atlantic at 548. Uh, they had gone through a bit of a, a losing streak after a great run of success to begin the season. They're now 4-4-3. Four, four, and three. Oh, sorry, 4-3-3 three, and three in their last 10 games. Uh, so still sticking around in the uh, playoff picture. They're currently third in the Atlantic uh, in terms of points. But um, again, they're fourth in terms of point percentage as the third place team, in my estimation right now, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they've played a league low. 28 games, which is kind of skewing their results at the at the moment. They do have only 31 points, which is, uh, again, a point. Sorry, three points back of the Sabres for third place in the Atlantic. They do have those three games in hand. Uh, they're also six points out of uh, the second wildcard spot, which is currently held by the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, the thing that the Tampa Bay Lightning can kind of hang their hats on now besides the Games in hand uh, is the fact that they have a plus 11 goal differential, which is third in the Atlantic at the moment. Sorry, second in the Atlantic at the moment. Um, So if they can take advantage of these games in hand, then um, they should be in a better spot than they are now. They're marginally a positive possession team at 50.5% in terms of Corsi percentage at 5-on-5. Uh, slightly below the Bruins, who are at 50.66 now after last night's game. Um, I should mention the the Canadians are second in the NHL with 54.23. Maple Leafs at 53.23. So uh, encouraging numbers for those two teams who are below um, the Bruins and Lightning, in my estimation, in terms of overall power rankings. But those could be factors to keep an eye on uh, down the road. The number two team, I'm putting the Florida Panthers. They're 29 games played, so only one more than the Lightning. They're 15-9-5, and five, 35 points at the moment, uh, a 603 point percentage, which in terms of Eastern Conference teams is uh, seventh behind uh, the Bruins and then a bunch of Metropolitan teams. That's, that's something uh, we'll note in a minute, the strength of the Metropolitan Division. Uh, the Panthers have finally been getting good goaltending from Sergei Bobrovsky. I've said all along that if that team could get even 
average goaltending from their $10 million man that they'll be a, a true force to be reckoned with. They have a couple players in Jonathan Huberdeau and Alexander Barkov who are on uh, pace for 100-plus point seasons. Uh, they have uh, some good players on defense, and I really think they're uh, a for-sure playoff team in my mind. Uh, looks like they'll be top three in the Atlantic. Um, and uh, let's just get to the Bruins first before we talk about the, the wild card situation. The Bruins, despite their three-game losing streak, they're still comfortably atop the Atlantic division. 25-6 and six through 31 games. They have a plus 29 goal differential, which is uh, number one in the NHL higher than Colorado at plus 27, Washington at plus 24, Pittsburgh at plus 22. Uh, Their point percentage is second only to the Washington Capitals in the Eastern Conference at 766. Uh, That's the Capitals. The Bruins are 742. So, yeah, the Bruins are um, struggling a little bit these days, but they do only have the five regulation losses. Uh, they still have uh, a very deep and talented roster. Um, Bergeron has been out of the lineup. I would expect that as people settle back into their uh, roles, uh, Krejci back to the second line, Coyle back to the third line center, that things will uh, settle down. But again, this next game against the Washington Capitals is a huge test for them, not to mention games against Lightning and the Panthers, uh, who are... Uh, not hot on their heels in the Atlantic, but certainly have the ability to uh, make things a bit more interesting in the race for the number one spot. So I mentioned the wild card situation. Right now, there are five Metropolitan teams in the playoff picture. Uh, the Islanders uh, in second place behind the Capitals with 42 points. Then we have the Flyers third in the Metro with 39 points. Pittsburgh has 38 points, and Carolina currently has 37 points. Those are your five playoff teams from the Metropolitan Division. Pittsburgh and Carolina both have more points than Florida and Buffalo, who sit second and third in the Atlantic. And um, even the Rangers are ahead of Montreal, Toronto, Tampa Bay right now in the race for uh, second wild card spot. So, um, you know, if we went uh, looking at top eight teams down the conference, kind of like the old playoff picture, you'd have Washington, Boston, the Islanders, Flyers, Penguins, uh, Hurricanes as your top 16s. Only one uh, Atlantic Division team in the top six. Then we have Florida, Buffalo. Uh, rounding out the top eight. So uh, it really looks like at this point, the Metro will have five teams in the um, playoff picture, but uh, that could change, obviously, if the Leafs and Lightning rise back to where uh, it was expected that they would be. So really interesting times in the Eastern Conference. Some teams disappointing, some teams playing above uh, expectations, and uh, definitely something to keep an eye on as the season progresses. 
Now let's take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. A couple things um, specifically related to the Bruins. Some sad news was announced yesterday in that Pete Freitz, the face of the fight against ALS, and one of the main inspirations behind the Ice Bucket Challenge, passed away on Monday at the age of 34. He's a Beverly, Massachusetts native, diagnosed with the terrible disease back in 2012, uh, became uh, a true icon over the past decade, inspiring millions with his courage and determination, raising awareness and funds with the Ice Bucket Challenge and other uh, initiatives. Um, Bergeron said, I just want to express my most sincere sympathy to the whole family. Obviously, what Pete and the rest of his family have done for raising awareness for ALS has been so inspirational for all of us. We're going to miss him dearly. Chara said, very sad news. We were connected to Pete. Our condolences go to the whole family. He was such an inspiration for us. We are thinking of them, and obviously our thoughts and prayers are with the family. Um, Crew added, Pete was an unbelievable person. He's done a lot. A true hero. It's a tough loss, but he made a lot of lives better. From us here at the Locked On Podcast Network and the Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast, extend our condolences to the Freights family. Uh, I participated in the Ice Bucket Challenge a few years ago um, and really uh, was inspired by that movement. And uh, we just wish, um, yeah, his family all the best. Uh, Thoughts and prayers are with them and continued success in the fight against this terrible disease. Uh, on a more hockey-related note, um, Bruins prospects John Beecher and Curtis Hall been named to the U.S. National Junior Team's preliminary roster for the 2020 uh, World Junior Championship, which will be taking place in um, Czech Republic this year. Uh, Beecher, of course, was a first-round pick of the Bruins this year, uh, skating as a freshman in the University of Michigan. He's got nine points in 16 games so far. Hall, he's a fourth-round pick uh, in 2018. He's currently a sophomore at Yale. Leads the team with five goals and is tied for second in scoring with uh, six points in eight games. So it would be really cool if they both made the team and we can watch them uh, playing for the U.S. uh, at the World Junior Championship. In NHL news, uh, the Board of Governors currently meeting right now at Pebble Beach in California. And uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman released a statement from that meeting uh, on Monday uh, about, um, you know, the recent uh, allegations of abuse against coaches and just that whole situation with regards to the more troubling aspects of hockey culture. Um, Bettman said, as one of the preeminent professional sports leagues in the world and the preeminent hockey league in the world, We recognize and embrace our role in setting an example. We are now obviously aware of conduct that was and is unacceptable. Whether it happened 10 years ago or last week, the answer must be the same. It is unacceptable. He's obviously referring to Bill Peters and uh, the Akeem Alouse situation where Peters barged into the locker room and dropped uh, racist language uh, in Alouse's direction. Bettman added, while we may not have known, the fact is that we as a league, on behalf of ourselves, teams, players, coaches, organizations, and fans, must respond in a clear, meaningful, and appropriate manner. Professionalism and respect have always been important to the league. Now it is 
particularly important time to discuss it because everyone is entitled to respectful workplace. Bettman added, Our message is unequivocal. We will not tolerate abusive behavior of any kind. So a very encouraging uh, message coming out of the NHL with some initiatives going forward. Uh, All teams are on notice that if they become aware of an incident of conduct involving NHL personnel on or off the ice that is clearly inappropriate, unlawful, or demonstrably abusive, or that may violate the league's policies, uh, Bettman or Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly must be immediately advised. Uh, NHL coaches will also have to go through a program, uh, training, other exercises to ensure respectful locker rooms, training facilities, games, all other hockey-related activities. Uh, Inappropriate conduct engaged in by club personnel will be disciplined either by the team or the league. It'll be on a case-by-case basis. Uh, They're also creating a hotline where instances of inappropriate conduct connected to the NHL can be reported either anonymously or for attribution for uh, the league to follow up. That one uh, is a bit questionable in my mind as to kind of how they'll disclose that information. Um, Up until now, I've mentioned Dan Carcillo has been very active on Twitter saying people can message him with uh, stories. Uh, And he's been pretty good about uh, sharing those. Uh, Whether or not the league takes care of it publicly or kind of just buries things is yet to be seen. But their message uh, is pretty clear that physical abuse, racial, homophobic language cross the line. Um, Other actions that could cross the line or fall in a gray area. Uh, But they want to change the culture of the game and... Uh, make positive inroads, and that's uh, a very good starting point in my mind for the NHL to take. That's it for the main hockey news to report here on uh, Tuesday morning. Not much in the way of tangible uh, rumors. Taylor Hall's name still out there. I seeing some Bruins fans pining for him to be added. Uh, I don't really see that as a, a big fit, as it's a a likely a rental with a very high asking price. Even watching last night's game, I still wouldn't mind if the Bruins went after uh, Pajot or Anthony Duclair from the Senators. Uh, Duclair has 15 goals in the season so far and uh, really could be a good addition uh, for the Bruins, I believe. But um, yeah, I believe Don Sweeney must do something. And... Um, to, to add some depth on the, the right side for sure. And uh, we'll see if perhaps this um, little skid prompts anything or if Sweeney remains patient and sees what's uh, out there closer to the trade deadline. That's today's podcast, Locked on Boston Bruins, for Tuesday, December 10th. This has been episode 52. We are part of the Locked on podcast network your favorite team every day tomorrow we will uh, tee up wednesday night's game against the washington capitals Uh, hopefully we'll be talking to nikki giordano of pucker up sports again and uh, see what's going on with the capitals thankfully they um, 
stumbled a bit last night as well. They lost 5-2 to the Blue Jackets. So maybe uh, both teams will be coming out looking to shake off losses to uh, lesser teams. My name again is Ian McLaren. You can find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. Please follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. If you have any feedback or suggestions, you can email the show at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com or just uh, shoot me a note on Twitter via uh, an at or a DM. Thanks again for taking the time to listen. Please uh, subscribe, download, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts. Tell someone today about the podcast and we'll be back again tomorrow uh, as it's a daily podcast. Take care, friends, and have a good one.